Welcome, this is episode 85, I'm here with David and Lewis. Yo, what's up everybody? And this is Bobby, and we have a f- quite a few things to talk about today. We have uh, the two USA games uh, that I'm pretty sure you guys are going to be very, very, very um, excited to talk about, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> to say the least. And then uh, yeah. our last Galaxy game that, you know, actually has a positive note to it. What Does do you want to start with? Does it though? Does a it? win is well, a positive note. We're, we're going to start with the uh, whoa, US... Whoa, 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 whoa. We won? We're going to start with the United States. Well, you're not there? (laughs) I don't follow fake news, dude. (laughs) I remember. (laughs) Uh, We're going to start with the the United States games because that will take us well into uh, probably about midnight tonight. And then we'll start talking about uh, the Galaxy game. It's funny because I feel I have the least to say because during the game, I'm just staring at the screen with a blank stare all upset. Both games. I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm just staring at it and going, yeah, whatever. (laughs) Uh, well, let's get started with the USA, Costa Rica, United States drop one at home against the Costa Ricans. Um, in this game, they were uh, outplayed, outcoached, outhustled, and out conquered. <laughs> yep, that's, that pretty much sums it up. Um, I, I don't think anybody... Um, realistically expected the United States to look as flat as they did. I thought that the expectations coming into this game was that we were going to take the three points. I know all three of us had them taking the Mm -hmm. three points. Um, We all knew it would be a hard-fought game. It wouldn't be dominant by any stretch. But um, I didn't think that they would put out this type of of, uh, performance. It really uh, caught me off guard. Um, It was pretty evident that they were unprepared uh, for what Costa Rica threw at them. And I'm not sure if mentally they are in the right state of mind um, going forward because it it almost looked like... At first, I thought it was just uh, an arrogance thing where maybe they just thought they were going to win and Costa Rica was just going to lay down and they would breeze through this game. And when Costa Rica put up the resistance that they did, it almost seems like, okay, I don't know what to do anymore. And just kind of went into the fetal position and just went, into, you know, quietly into the night. Yeah, a lot like uh, a lot like Floyd Mayweather did in his fight against Conor McGregor, except the United States did not win. Um, so what it seemed like uh, what happened was that, uh, as you said, Lewis, uh, Costa Rica came out, they played a high press and the USA just couldn't cope with that. Um, not to mention that Reem and Cameron, that pairing was just so wrong for this game um when you have a guy like Michael Orenia looking like I don't know Cristiano Ronaldo on the break <laughs> um something's very wrong uh the, the that first goal that um that Costa Rica scored um Tim Howard makes a bad decision in that he sent the goal kick not far enough uh, but but also looking at where Reem and Cameron were were positioned for the goal kick, um, he either should have sent it high or she he should have tried to play it to feet. But I think because Costa Rica was employing the high press, he wasn't sure what to do there, and it just it created chaos. And as you said, the the U.S. had no answer for them. Um, I think putting a high press against the United States is probably one of the more effective strategies you can use against the United States, considering the fact that they have not, well, not zero, but very little uh, 
decent ball handlers, especially mm-hmm. in the back. Um, mm-hmm. I think the only one that I can say are decent enough where I would trust them with the ball is Bradley and Pulisic, and that's it. There's nobody else that I would consider a ball handler to be able to, uh, you know, to get out of that type of a high press or, you know, withstand that type of pressure. Um, and it was evident. It, it, it's pretty, uh, it, it's a pretty effective strategy. They're going to make mistakes in the back. Um, that's exactly what happened. And th- there was just uh, no answer to it. Um, normally, if you're pressing that high, there should be a lot of space in front of you. And... Uh, you know, the movement off the ball, the reaction to the ball. I mean, it was just so slow. Well, what I saw was Bradley and, and uh, well, what, first of all, what I saw was Pulisic uh, being neutralized far too easily by the Costa Rican defense. Completely taken out um, of this game. He was com- taken out of the game because um, the only other guy, as you said, had any kind of off the ball movement or savvy was Michael Bradley. Now, you have a guy like... Um, you have Wood and Altador up top that are there to hold the ball up, um, and chase and chase stuff down it for for those long balls. But you had Nagby paired with Bradley in the middle, and we saw it again today against Honduras. Um, the guy just he he just wasn't helping. He was he was completely out of his depth in in these two games, and I don't think it's it's I I, I think it's a mental thing for sure. But Nagby just his head was not in it. Johnson looked like a shadow of what he once was, um, and uh, and and then that left for for just Bradley in the midfield. So let's just go ahead and get into this uh, discussion uh, of the national team here. Um, not right now. From, from what I'm here, <laughs> from what I'm seeing on social media, not much. Um, well, let's off, let's people. hold on. Log let's off. not forget. Let's not forget that. No, don't log off. Listen to our show. <laughs> Interact with us on Twitter. Um, let's not forget that most of the blame can be put on the fact that most most of the crowd was Costa Rican and it was a hostile <laughs> environment. Uh, you're playing in the United States, you guys. I don't want like I. What baffles me is after this game is played. That was the excuse that went flying around. It first got started by, I think, by Matt Doyle of uh, MLS Soccer. Um, and then it was even perpetuated all the way down to the players. That is... It's ridiculous. It's beyond ridiculous. Um, sure, as of late, you're playing in stadiums like in Colorado, Seattle, Alabama got a, a U.S. game. And there's a large U.S. crowd. And uh, it took 104 years uh, for the national team to play in New York in a meaningful game where they had their A squad. Um, it's probably going to take another 104 to get it back again. Um, <laughs> well, to be fair, they were playing in New Jersey. New Jersey, right. And, you know, th- th- there's going to be a, at the very least, there's going to be a 50-50 crowd in uh, a-, a city like New York, L.A., um, you know, uh, those type of cities. Um, that's a poor excuse. Um, the United States has always had that quote unquote disadvantage at home. They've always had a, uh, a pro Mexico crowd or a, a pro, you know, Honduran crowd, whatever the, yeah, the, which the, makes it, which, that, that, which that's makes it not no a, excuse. Right. It, absolutely no excuse. 
And um, the fact that they brought it back for for this game is uh, just is just ridiculous. <laughs> Feed the kids some popcorn, David. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my 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 youngest son came out to to learn about podcasting because uh, he is uh, the future of uh, LA as our house apparently. Um, so what I was going to say in this game that a, a lot of people are not criticizing Bruce Arena the way if okay say hi say hi, hi. To, hi to all the listeners Andy say hi say, say hi listeners say hi hi listeners say this is Ellie is our house <laughs> Ellie is our house yeah oh. Ellie is our house yay, yay. <laughs> okay let's go back inside with mom Yeah, I understand. Bye, Andy. Well, that was a nice little break. All right, let's get back to this crappy voice, Lewis. <laughs> I actually have no argument for that. All right, what? Um, I have no argument there. Oh, yeah. Um, no, I, so I, no, okay. I go back to uh, no one is really um, getting on Bruce Arena's case. If this was Klinsman, um, yep. I mean, they would be all over it. It's uh, the coach. It's the coach. He needs to be fired. Um, be the first, the first scratch that David would itch. Oh yeah. wait, it's the other way around. It's the other <laughs> way around, right? Um, you know, and I think Bruce Arena, with these two results, are probably far worse than the first two results that got uh, Klinsman fired in the hex. Well, yeah, the standings are very different. The, right. The, yeah, it's very different, but I understand why everybody felt the other way because it was throughout multiple right. games. Right, it wasn't but just get, the first two games. Saying. This is just a little bit more, um, we're getting closer. Uh, it's now do or die time. and um, Yeah, we may just, not make it. We, yeah, uh, and what was supposed to be um, six points, a possible six points, um, many people expected four. The United States got one, and it mm-hmm. was luck absolute Mm -hmm. luck it was not something that they deserved it was not something that you know they were fighting for and oh you know they deserve this tie you deserve that goal that was like one of the only good chance well if we're talking about the honduras game now but it was one of the only good chances that we had in that game yeah there was really little (laughs) offense going on um in uh in the game um it, it the excuses kept coming out i thought it was horrible and even bruce arena um was making excuses like politically. There were political ex- uh, like reasons as to why these teams are now playing better like than how? the United States. You oh, know, okay. policies that uh, the United States has uh, implemented are fueling uh, these Central American countries to play better and they wanted to beat us more. That is just absolute horseshit. This has been going on since the United States started playing soccer. You want to beat the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always been, there's always has been political reasons uh if you think that the world has a good view of the united states you're dead wrong um it's a pretty negative view maybe our values and and the american dream that's something different where you want to come to america but as far as our society our uh global policies our way of life People hate us. They don't like us. So to bring in that this is a reason as to why these teams are playing better now, that's even worse than saying that we don't have a pro-U.S. crowd. I mean, you're just coming up with anything 
at this point, and it's horrible. And this is where I'm putting, and this came from Bruce Arena. So I'm putting mm-hmm. a lot of the blame for these two games on Bruce Arena, not only for being unprepared, outcoached, but mentally these players are just not the same type of players that we have seen in previous generations as far as, you know, if we get down a goal, dude, we're fighting to the end. And, yeah. you know, we're not giving up. Um, you even saw it against uh, Belgium where you're down 2-0 in, in with like less than 15 minutes. And, dude, we could have tied that game. But it just seems that you fall behind and there's a little adversity. Stupid um, I didn't think that um, a Bruce Arena Today led... I was about to say, just throw in Wando. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> um, a, Bruce Ali, a Bruce Arena-led team I wish we had would Bruce not have heart. Team. I, I just find it... <laughs> so difficult to believe and now they're making just these petty horrible excuses instead of saying no there shouldn't be any excuses up. that's the thing yeah it just should not be it, any it's just it, it's horrible it, it it really is i it's it's an it's an embarrassment um the fact that we even got one point is just we should be and thanking eked it. eked it through yeah you should be thanking Whatever Bobby it Wood, is, you. you know, kiss your lucky rabbit's foot, <laughs> your horseshoe, whatever it is that, you know, you attribute that to because we were completely undeserving of uh, the result today. Oh, yeah. Um, and it became an extreme, extremely important one point. One point out of six, and that one point may have just salvaged our uh, World Cup hopes. Yeah, and, and you know, say, say what you will, uh, and I know a lot of this got getting started getting thrown around a lot today um from uh from both sides of the of the spectrum here um qualifying out of concrete half is not as easy as it sounds um you there are there are intangible things that happen in concrete half qualifying i get common bowl yes it's more it's way more difficult to qualify out of south america nobody's arguing that the, the talent level is something worldly beyond what they have in CONCACAF. Europe is its own animal. Africa is its own animal. CONCACAF is a tough place to qualify out of. And the fact that the U.S. has have done it consistently since 1990 is impressive. Now, has that success made us fat? Yes, it has. But, you know, it again, there's something to be said about qualifying out of CONCACAF. I don't believe that the... Uh... You even said... That no matter what happens, the U.S. will always qualify at a yes. CONCACAF. And today, we almost faced elimination. Uh, well, no, we're not facing elimination. Even if we lose today, we, still, we're, we win the next well, two games. Well, it was must-wins afterwards. Right. Yeah. It becomes must-wins. And so my... elimination. My... Uh, my, yeah, but it's not my statement, eliminated. right? We're not we're not eliminated. Even if you're going through the playoff, you're still not eliminated. You have to end up in fifth or sixth. And I feel that even with the playoff, it's obviously a road you you don't want to take. You don't want to make it to the playoff. You don't want to risk. Well, it's no one's choice. Yeah, exactly. Um, nobody <laughs> wants to go through that. No matter what region you're coming out of, you want to qualify outright. So um, I, I don't believe that. Um, I still stand behind that at their worst the United States and Mexico will get to the World Cup. Mexico did it four years ago via a playoff spot. Um, the United States are looking at that possibility right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I still we're just think, taking turns. Yeah, we're just taking turns. Well, you know, but Mexico had to face <laughs> yeah, Mexico had to face the the limp blanket that was 
New Zealand, and now the U.S., as of right now, sitting in fourth place, will face a very hostile Syria team. Or Australia. Or Australia. Um, mm-hmm. The storyline... Uh, we'll, we'll get... The storyline doesn't get written that way, Lewis. Yeah, I know. It's Syria. I know. I, I'm rooting for that. We'll get to that in our penalty show. We'll talk about World Cup qualifying. If, but, if, if um, we could write it any better, it'd be North Korea. <laughs> mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so... Getting back to it, I still think that the United States will qualify, um, albeit, you know, shooting themselves in the foot, albeit kicking and screaming. I, I still believe that the uh, United States will get to the World Cup. Um, the good news is that with this one point that they got um, out of Honduras today, um, they now hold uh, the, um, they're in the driver's seat. All right. So they... Uh, Everything that happens now is on them. They win the next two games. They're in the World Cup. They will make it um, as one of the top three. Um, you play against Panama next, which won their game today in Trinidad. So as of right now, the United States are in fourth place. They would be in the playoffs. Um, that was expected um, after the after the tie. I didn't expect uh, Trinidad and Tobago to uh, beat Panama on the road. So um, I fully expected the United States to be in fourth place after today. Um, that doesn't change anything. You still have to play Panama. It's at home. This is a must-win game. If you cannot beat Panama at home, you probably don't deserve to be in the World Cup. Um, I still think they're going to win, albeit, again, a hard-fought game, but you're going to get your three points. You then leapfrog Panama again. Uh, I think Honduras takes on Costa Rica. I imagine that Costa Rica would win that game because they're fighting for their uh, their qualification um, outright. I believe they should get it. Unless they lose, they'll get it right there in that game. Um, so even a tie um, uh, puts us uh, up two points over both Panama and, uh, and Honduras. And in the final game, you have Trinidad in which, again, not a must win. You got to get at least a point, but then you would need help. You would need uh, Panama to lose, and uh, I think Honduras to lose as well. So you would need a um, some help if that happens. I expect to win the next two games. If you need a result in the final game, Trinidad is the opponent that you wanted. You think uh, if it comes down to that final game in Trinidad, do you think uh, Bruce Arena calls in Paul, Paul Caligiuri? <laughs> Paul Caligiuri and... Uh, subbed in in the 89th minute. There you go. Yeah. Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) It could happen. Has he retired officially yet? I don't know. I think so. Isn't he a coach? Yeah. I think he's uh, coaching at Cal Poly. There you go. Um, But uh, they (laughs) are... Hey, man, if Landing can do it. Right. If Landing can do it. A 50-year-old Paul Calajuri could do it. (laughs) Um, So the good news is that the schedule definitely favors the United States here. Um, You got your two weakest opponents in the hex. You avoid Mexico. You avoid Costa Rica. Which, by the way, are the next two opponents for Honduras. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, they got it really tough. Yeah. Um, Panama has to play against the United States on the road. That's a tough game for them. I know we don't see it right now because we're all down depressed, but that's a really tough game. This is a game that you no, should No, I'm just basing be it off of what I see on the pitch. And what right, I see right. on the pitch is shit. That's what I'm seeing. So I don't well, have any Well, that's what I'm saying. This is what we just saw. Yet the, the, next game. The, the previous qualifying round, it was a completely different story. The Gold Cup was a different story. So we were riding high. So, yes, the, the latest two games, it kind of seems like, oh, uh, what team will come out for Panama? I still feel that 
we could win. We should and will win this game, um, which puts puts us into third. And then going up against Trinidad on the road. I don't care if it's on the road at home. You need to be you need to beat Trinidad. This is the team that you want to play um, if you need a result. So um, I think Panama takes on uh, Costa Rica. So again, the the schedule really favors the United States here. They need to take advantage of it, but. Panama is an absolute must-win game. Well, they're both. In up. which case, again, we qualify, albeit the hard way, the, but we the, qualify. Right, in the playoff. Well, no, if we win the next two games, we will be in uh, third place. Mm-hmm. I don't expect Honduras to win both the games against uh, Costa Rica and Mexico, mm-hmm. and, I, and uh, Panama loses against the United States. There's no way they can leapfrog us. Should we get a, a, uh, another win in Trinidad? There's we're, no way that can happen. We're, we're, we're seeing, but we're seeing unexpected things in World Cup qualifying. I mean, we just talked mm-hmm. about Syria. Uh, Venezuela earned a point in Argentina We'll get there, David. Today. Penalties, penalties. Yeah. We'll get there. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll put up a, a show separately for just World Cup qualifying. Um, so with all these excuses going on, what is your explanation for this, David? I mean, you stepped away when we were talking about it, but what... what how do you explain the play of the United States in these last two games? Well, as, as we said, they, they certainly got outcoached, I think, from both, uh, both Hond- uh, especially uh, uh, Costa Rica. They seem to just have their number this year or in this qualifying cycle. Um, I know we beat them in, uh, in the Gold Cup, but again, very different circumstances and, uh, and qualifying is a different animal. Um, Costa Rica seemed to have the U.S.'s number. Um, I think beating us, what, 6-0 total? Mm, yes, yeah, 6-0. Uh, 6-0 total in uh, qualifying this year. Honduras is always a tough place to play. Um, uh, last time the U.S. played in uh, Honduras, uh, Timmy Chandler just near about melted down into the ground, um, as, as did a lot of the other players. Um, again, they're playing in, uh, in places that... Um, that are just, they're tough venues. Uh, people were talking about the pitch being like sand today um, and, and how hot the, the, the climate was. But, uh, you know, that's CONCACAF. That's what you get. That's what you should be expecting. You know, so the fact that people are using those as excuses is, new. again, it's just, it's, it's nothing new and you should game plan for those things. Um, the, uh, you know, I think just, again, Arena got outcoached. Um, the players did not perform. Whether they were mentally prepared or they were tactically prepared, they didn't. They they weren't executing whatever was happening. Whatever was supposed to be happening. Um, I think that some of the player selections were uh, not the right ones, uh, f- given the matchups that we had. Again, uh, I go back to Cameron and Beasler. Uh, sorry, uh, Cameron and Reem in that first game. And today, Arena had to make more tactical changes on the back line um, with uh, Gonzalez and Beasler. Um, what the hell was Gonzalez doing on that play? Right, you know, Omar's good for one one screw up, one mental lapse. Um, what a mental lapse, though. I mean, the, well, the ball. I mean, was... the same thing happened with Reem in the game before. I, I I remember listening. I was listening to the broadcast. And uh, somebody mentioned like, oh, Tim Ream usually is be, is criticized for having one mental lapse. And hopefully that was it. And then the goal happened. He had several mental yes, lapses yes, in that first yeah. half. I and think I think he recovered in the second half. But by then the damage is already done. And 
Um, well, I think you had a bunch of players have mental lapses all at the same time, which means they weren't they didn't perform. They they were they were not they were not up to the task. Honestly, in these two games, was there any player that you believe that you believe stood out? Bobby Wood. Well, because yeah, he scored because the goal, but he was no. It, it was he, more like a. It was a more like as a soon as he goal. got in, he, he he made a little bit of an effect. But it's yeah, it wasn't and I crazy. It wasn't. A I big, also think big bump. I also think that Jordan Morris came in and changed the game in both in both games. Jordan Morris started in the um, game. Today's game. I don't he, think he did start in today's game. Uh, in the sorry, in the Costa Rica game, he came in and changed. He changed things. Um, I think that was a positive, uh, although Arena made the sub way too late in the Costa Rica game. I don't know. That's another thing. I mean, here's another reason why you got to blame Bruce Arena here. I mean, I don't know what he's thinking about, you know, subbing people when the game is pretty much over. It's decided at that point. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, the guy is just like, he's basically saying, I'm keeping my starters and, and I'm going to let him, I'm going to let them fight through it. And you make a sub when it's completely ineffective. Yeah. I mean, he, he probably should have made a sub going into the second half. So he probably should have made a, a sub at halftime, um, at least. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say something um, right now that, that is going to be highly unpopular, especially with you two guys and probably with a lot of our listeners. Um, hold on, hold on. I need another beer for this. Yeah, yeah, please do. Um, what I really think that uh, both of these games needed was a guy like Giassi's artist. Um, <laughs> not only not not because of what Zardes gives you in the in the final third, but what Zardes gives you in the middle of the field. Um, the guy's an outlet. He he can um, he's somebody that a defender has to chase. And sadly, that's and and he's also a, not a guy who uh, these teams game plan for. Because you saw with Pulisic, the first game, all Costa Rica did was hack him down. That's all they did. Um, now, I didn't watch the Honduras game, so I don't know how Pulisic performed or not. Um, but it sounds to me like he was marked out of the game in this one as well. Well, okay. First of all, I think you just made all of our listeners laugh with that comment. Second of, <laughs> second of all, um, when you have a guy like Pulisic, it's pre- pretty apparent. And I'm, uh, By the way, I'm not saying Zard is for Pulisic. No, I know, by, I know you're not. I know you're not. <laughs> I just can't believe you even said that. Period. I, I, uh, as out of form as he is, you have to. But you have to agree that he gives you something. Not in the final third, Zardes gives you something that is different from what we got in these last few uh, in these last few games. Bobby historically may agree I, with you. I don't. <laughs> you already know where I stand with Zardes on the national team. Um, so I would disagree with you there. But when you have a guy like Pulisic. And you have a, an offense like the United States, which is very, very impotent. There's no creativity. Plisic is the only creative guy that you have. It's pretty obvious that your offense is going to run through him. Um, Argentina is going through a period where um, they can't buy a win. And they are completely dependent on Messi. You stop Messi, you basically are stopping Argentina right now. And even if you, when Messi does shine and create, nobody else is stepping up. That's pretty much what, what's happening with the United States right now. If, if Pulisic is not on his game and no one else stepping up, I mean, you're not going to win a game. Um, that doesn't um, excuse the uh, defensive lapse 
lapses that the United States had. No, nope. uh, it doesn't excuse your defensive midfielders. Nope. Um, you had mentioned uh, Nagby. Mm-hmm. I'm not there yet. I'm close. I've never been. I've never been a big proponent of what Nagby brings. Yeah. I think that plenty of other players bring the same thing that that mm-hmm. he does to the team and more. I think he's an athletic guy, but I do think he's out of out of his depth here. Uh, I'm not quite ready to make this statement. I'm close, so I will say it. Nagby belongs on this national team as much as Bedoya belongs on this national team. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. Although Bedoya, I'll give him a little bit of a of a nudge above Nagby because Bedoya seen at the, one, that level for a long time. Yes, at one point I thought he was good. Um, he's tailed off, so there's no reason for him to be on it now. And with Nagby, I just think that he is a um, he's a defensive liability for one. And two, I he's don't... He's a defensive midfielder. I know. He can't be a defensive liability if you play defensive midfield. Yet... Your name is not Jonathan Dos Santos. And here, and here we are. I mean, you talk about his athleticism and his speed, and he can, you know, go out, def- uh, go out defenders, and yet I never saw that. I never saw that. I, no, I his- never saw, like, these completed passes. I just... Um, I just think that uh, the international level might be a little bit too much for Nagby here. Um, I, I'm not at Concacaf. At yeah, at, at Concacaf. Yeah, we're not even talking something. about. Yeah, I, I, we're not even talking about uh, World Cup opponents yet. So that yeah, you're right. That says a lot. Um, Tim Ream, um, I had said it. Uh, we we talked about that. Uh, I think you had said he he's probably a dark horse to make the team, and I said uh, I don't think so. He's probably one of the guys looking out. I'm not really sure why he's in here, aside right. from the Brooks injury. He, he certainly hurt, hurt his stock. Yeah, he this. definitely hurt his stock um, uh, in the last game um, a lot, actually. I, I'm pretty sure a lot of people are over Tim Ream. Um, Brooks was badly uh, was badly missed. Uh, we, we sorely need uh, a left back. I think Villafania just kind of tailed off a little bit. Um, if Beasley is our, he needs, you know, the thing with Viafania, he has a lot of potential. He needs more time. Um, he's, he's young. Um, he got brought into the national team kind of late. Uh, you have a veteran like Beasley, uh, for him to learn under, but, um, old man, he needs more time. Looked exactly like that. Well, you know, yeah, he, he did, but you know, that doesn't mean that he's not going to be captaining the U S in the 2026 world cup when they host (laughs) it at home. And here's another blunder by Bruce Arena. You have Graham Zuzzi, again, which shows you how thin we are in the back, mm-hmm. that Graham Zuzzi had to be converted to a right back, mm-hmm. which I'm not a fan of. I mean, I, look, I've that's, never been. That's, that's been the, the MO of the American player for, for right. a long time, though. I know, you and know, that's not a good thing. No, no, but, but it, it goes to show that the, that the, the, the guys on the team or the guys they look at tend to be versatile. So you have guys like, um, like Zussi. They're forced to be like, versatile. You know, yeah. Yeah, you have to be. I mean, Cameron, Cameron's playing center back. Cameron's playing center back. Wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, He's whoa, playing whoa. defensive yeah, mid. Yeah. I know where Lewis playing, is going here. Yeah, when Klinsman tried to do that, all of a sudden, no motherfucker playing your position. No, he said, no, no, you, no. you got on, on the fly on. from one hold game on. to the other. You need to like switch it up because if we need a call <laughs> on you, you need to do that. That's the exact same argument. Mm-hmm. Yes, yep. it is. No, it's not. It's it's How? about it's, it's about not because versatility. it's right now. It's different. No, 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 no. no. Yeah, <laughs> no, because the U.S. has always had versatile players. 
uh, we talked about Demarcus Beasley. Where did he start? He started as a left forward in his playing career. Or, and then, or, what, and like then 45 years ago? And then he moved to midfield. <laughs> and then he moved to left back. Or we can say that the coaches have no idea what they're doing. Like, I don't know where to put you. I think you're good here. No, you're really not we good still there. like you. We're going to keep calling way. you up, so we'll it's, just put you here. It's an evolution. It's an evolution of... of of um of of a player's <laughs> career as well. Like you have to remember that. Like some of these guys, they make th- those moves in order to preserve their longevity. I think that was absolutely the case with Zusi because it's not like Zusi is being used as a right midfielder in Kansas City. He's not. He's a right back in Kansas City now. So it's not like he's coming to the national team and all of a sudden being forced to play a different role than he d- than he is on his club because that's not the case. And that wasn't the case with Beasley, and that wasn't the case with Chris Albright, and that wasn't the case with who was the other guy we were just talking about? Okay, so it's funny that you bring Chris Albright because that was going to be my next example with Chris Albright. I can't wait until Giassi Zardes is the U.S.'s number one center back. back. Mm-hmm. Oh um, my God, no. <laughs> Dude, just imagine like his first touch, it would send it well into the midfield. That's true. That's true. All right. I think I got something <laughs> every, there. Every, Bruce t- Arena, Bruce. every time it bounces off of him, it just goes right back into the oh, midfield. Yeah, Bruce, right. Bruce, Bruce, give me a call. We'll work it out in FIFA. Let's do it. <laughs> oh, of course, at that point, you got to worry about him actually scoring goals. But I mean, like, but what I mean is like, <laughs> no, him don't worry. Passing? Don't worry. He no, no. can't do it. He no, no. Can't. <laughs> him back passing to the goalie. He mishits it, but it goes off over here. Oh, that's an own goal. Um, <laughs> Look, it happens to the best of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Chris Albright, so. I remember when Chris Albright was playing with the guys. I hated this fucking guy. I mean, I could not stand him. He was garbage. He was a striker. This guy was garbage. He probably looked like what Jazzy looked like this season. Yeah, he it's was true. Just, it's true. No, one hundred percent true. I could not stand Albright. And then I forgot who it was. Was it Bruce Arena? I think it was Bruce uh, Arena. No, it, no, no. I think oh, it, it was Bruce Arena. It was on the Bruce national Arena. Team. Yes, right. on the national team. He says, "I want you to start." On defense, which is funny because I had even mentioned, look, going forward, Chris Albright is horrible. He is he, he's not going to score. He's going to lose the ball. But when he's going back and defending, you can't get past him. Or, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's actually defending a lot better than what you would think of force, you know, capable, uh, capable of. So yeah. Bruce Arena puts him in defender. I'm like, hey, he's a pretty solid defender. Comes back to the Galaxy. Hey, you are a pretty solid defender. Okay, okay, okay. We'll use you at the Galaxy. So that's a mistake that was made that like, oh, I'm a forward. Okay, you're a forward. You know, like, no. And to not see that mm, you're actually better defensively than you are offensively and not make that tweak or not see that earlier is just kind of odd for me. Um, but he, don't, he turned out to be, you know, a, a pretty decent uh, defender. I actually liked him as a defender a lot. Um, but again, it's one thing to say, I'm versatile and I can play any of these positions or do you want to play one position and just be a master at it? That's pretty much what you need to do, dude. You need to be a master at the position that you're playing. Or, I mean, well, I think am you I wrong just here? Be or? Able to handle the ball. Because <laughs> none well, of our guys can handle the ball. Well, that's the, Look, that, that's the technical these, side and that's the argument that we get in. Where That's like, my pet you know, peeve for many years, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, it, it, it's one of those things where what we, we talk about, describe MLS, it's physical. That's all we got. It's fast and it's physical. That's all we got. There's no technical, uh, uh, there's no technique in the league. And the ones that do, they're foreigners. Mm-hmm. Jovinko, Piotti, Valeri, these are not Americans. How is that different from the English Premier League? Well, it's fast, it's physical, and the ones with the skill have the, are the foreigners. But uh, you, you have to admit that 
the technique on the individual players in that league is significantly higher. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, there you go. But that still that still doesn't change the argument that that you you make right, but you but make the argument of what what okay, what the, one league over over the, the other is. Okay, put the English Premier League players up against the MLS players going together. England is going to win that possession battle every me, single time. Let me let me ask you guys. You do you honestly think that if England had to go through CONCACAF qualifying, they'd qualify for the World Cup, all right? If they had to go to Honduras, if they had to go to Panama, if they had to go to, to Trinidad, in the same conditions that the U.S. plays in, you think they qualify? Yes. It, they, they, I don't think they would storm That's hard it. To as, call. But I still say yes. I still say yes. I swear. I still say yes. I think they would have the same issues that the United States is having right now. I, that's not to say that the American player is is at a higher level or at the same level as those teams. I just uh, what I'm what I'm trying to get at is qualifying at a Concacaf is always tricky. I don't think that the United States should be um, taking it for granted. I I don't think that because and I think that's where they where their fault was. And I and that's what I was saying. I agree with you. Where I, I thought that it looked like. They believe that Costa Rica would just fold. I'm like, hey, we know we're gonna win this game. We're at home, you know, it's a tough team, but we got this. And they, I think they would. It just seemed like they were blindsided. Um, I still believe that with the players that you have, you should be able to win the possession battle against a Honduras, a Panama, a Trinidad. The only ones that you're probably not going to win is a Mexico or a Costa Rica on the road. I think even mm-hmm. a fifty-fifty is going to at home uh, at Costa Rica is pretty respectable, but that needs to change. You looked at the game today against Honduras; we did not have control of that game no, at all. We, we were getting bossed. We, we were, were getting, getting bossed around. Uh, we couldn't connect passes. We were completely lost. Um, and I, I thought, look, if we're going to score here, it has to be from a set piece. There is no other way that we're going to score here, and that's kind of what happened. You know, it was a set piece. It was scrappy. Um, the the goalie made a good initial save. And Wood was, was just at the right place save. at the right time. Yeah. Right place at the right time. And we escaped. Or we stole a point. I think we stole a point in Honduras. Either way, um, um, it, it, it's not a good thing. But I've said this before as well. It doesn't matter how you get there or how you win. Just get there. If we have to back our way into the World Cup, then so be it. There's been plenty of teams that have gone through a horrible qualifying process going into a playoff and still make the most out of your World Cup. Um, just uh, uh, last, uh, 2014, Mexico had to go through a, a playoff and were one of the better teams in the group. And for 65 minutes, outplayed the Netherlands. If sure. They, um, the, the year before that, Uruguay had to go through a playoff. Sierra Penal, by the way. <laughs> of course it was. I'm not arguing that. Um, they had to go to a, uh, through a playoff against Costa Rica. And they made the semifinals. Uh, this was Uruguay. Um, Australia had to go through a playoff back in 2002 and made it out of their group in, in that. So, I mean, th- there's a, a a list here that goes on and on. You just need to get in there. It doesn't matter how you get there. Get in there. It's a completely different... Um, it's, a, it's a whole new ball game once you get to the World Cup. So whatever you do in qualifying does not reflect how you're going to do in the World Cup. So you just need to get there. Um, whether you stole the point or not, shit, you, you got it. <laughs> you got that point that you needed, so take it and, uh, dude, 
get your three points in the next game. Yeah. Well, one one thing one thing that uh, certainly cannot be said about uh, about this round of World Cup qualifying. Um, Guys playing in MLS certainly are not hurting uh, the USA's chances or uh, or, or diminishing uh, the quality of uh, of the national teams because in every single game uh, MLS players torched teams. Uh, you had uh, Michael Arena scoring four or sorry uh, two goals in this round. Sorry, I, I had it in my notes that Michael Arena. Uh, in the span of six days, I saw him outscore my team's three to zero. Um, but uh, he got a goal against the United States, and he got another goal today against Mexico. A beautiful volley, uh, I would say. It's a golazo for it's sure. A, it's a golazo. Uh, Kyoto scored against the United States again today, um, and uh, and I and Gio Gio causes um, an own goal uh, for Mexico. So again, all MLS players. The only exception here is uh, Bobby Wood. I think that um, I've never denied that the league is growing. It's getting better. Um, we had uh, Villa get called into the, the Spanish national team. And then he got hurt. Then he got hurt. Uh, it sucks. And, um, you know, but it's improving. But I- I'm still not going to withdraw my argument about you, if the, the players need to be getting into bigger teams in Europe. And it says a lot about the players if you do. Um, it's one thing to say, you know, if, if, Pulisic, if Pulisic came to MLS, I'd be pissed. I mean, just absolutely pissed. Well, it's a good thing well, that he's thinking about he's with you. with Dortmund right now. <laughs> it's a good thing he's thinking about you when he's making decisions about his future. Lewis. Damn fucking right. He's going to get ripped in this podcast. All right. Well, let's move on to the next topic, guys. Um, the next great thing. Of course, I'm talking about the Garbage Cup, to which the LA Galaxy are now the Garbage Cup champions. Yay! Uh, LA wins in uh, against Colorado at home, uh, the second home win of the season, ensuring that we will not go down as the worst ever home team in the history of the league. Uh, that is still <laughs> held by. Sorry, we are now tied with the Tampa Bay Mutiny, um, <laughs> with two wins. Eight losses and one draw, I believe. Sure. Sure. Whatever it is. It doesn't matter. Uh, we've only got two wins at home. So, guys, just when the Galaxy uh, we thought was dead in the water, they decided to show up and stomp the bottom feeder, Colorado Rapids, 3-0. Well, um, we're still it, dead in the water. It, this reminds me. Yeah, but we're, this, not, we're, not, we're not out. This reminds <laughs> me of, like, this reminds me, like, when your friend... Like, trying to act tough, but he doesn't actually want to get in a fight, so he waits for, like, his homies to come, and then he's like, don't hold me back! Don't hold me back, man! Like, that's, that's what the galaxy was. Or, like, you know, like, oh, we're almost there. Oh, yeah, oh, let's social, social signs of life. <laughs> um, I, um, I can't hate on a team for beating up on a team that they should have beat. Uh, I'm yep. not, because had we lost this game... We would have lost our minds even more. Well, if, we weren't really we expecting it much. We still weren't really expecting them to win this game. I mean, it was the only plausible game that we could have seen us win. Right, that was, exactly. That's the only thing we could have thrown at it. But the difference, again, garbage cup, 
it's again let's 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 keep it a reality based this is Colorado but we did play better because when we always have Alessandrini on the pitch we always play better cuz he pretty much uh He's always the one that helps us with assists or goals. Well, um, Alessandrini had not done either since June 21st. That's two months. So I'm not well, completely he's been, he, saying he's that been it's out, He's been out in a few games. But I'm not saying that because Alessandrini was on the field, we won the game. That... Uh, no, um, but the level of play went up uh, went up a lot, quite it, a bit. It did look like he was um, a little bit more... Well, every player looked a lot better. But again, it's the competition that was in front of you. That's what I was saying ahead of right. time. Right. Um, it's uh, it's the last place team. There's a reason for that. If you're you had a a game that featured the 21st place team versus the 22nd place team, and you can see that there's still a big gap between just those two. So if Colorado were to get relegated. They'd probably be relegated two levels down, dude. Okay, that's how bad <laughs> oh, it was. Oh, man, they're going to the uh, indoor soccer league, MISL. Yeah, wh- whatever it is, <laughs> like, they, they deserve to be uh, relegated twice. Um, so I- I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, the Galaxy played a hell of a game. They just played an e- extremely inferior opponent. I'm not going to hate on them. Like I said, I'm, they did what they were supposed to do. Um, so I can't hate on a team for beating someone that they were supposed to be. But I will say this. This victory was, it was needed for the organization. The players needed this victory. Siggy Schmidt got his first victory. He needed this victory. The yep. fans needed this victory. Yeah, definitely, um, yes. Uh, they, they did it in front of their home crowd. And even if it was... Sparse. Like, yeah, and, and, and sarcastic. Like, hey, we won a game. I know that people felt this sense of joy that we have not felt in a long time. And was relief. I and relief. Right. That's the other emotion. It was relief. It was excitement. It was joy. We got to celebrate a win. I mean, even the people who normally would not celebrate a win against Colorado in the circumstances that, you know, surrounded it were celebrating. So we all needed this victory. Um, albeit from a, an extremely weak team, um, it just didn't matter because had we lost or even drew that's why to I, this... That's why I put down one confidence point for the Galaxy, <laughs> man. <laughs> I originally had that, uh, and then just to be funny, I, I wildcarded it. Yeah. But, oh, um, I wanted to... We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. funny. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Very um, funny. But I, I think, um, you know, I, I saw some good things here. Um, Jazzy Zardes fucking scored. That, that that right there should relegate you t- twice. That dude, when Giazzi scored, it was like I, I was in the riot squad section um, for this game, uh, standing right behind right behind Ed, uh, the the squad cast <laughs> own Ed, um, and I think I I think all the people around us just kind of converged on each other and just held each other like a little extra long when we hugged for that Giazzi <laughs> goal because. It was it, like the first goal. We all celebrated, and we were like, "What? I don't know what to do." <laughs> like, I think I even tweeted, "Like, I don't know what to do with my hands right now." I think he tweeted for the second goal because the first one was the penalty kick. Oh, you're like, right. You're right. You're right. Eh. It yeah. was the second goal. Yeah. I was like, "I don't know what to do with my hands." Yeah, we're winning. Like, what what's happening right now? And then and then the third goal, we're just like, "Oh my god, did Yassi just score?" And 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 the weird thing was like. We were we waited. We're so conditioned at this point. We're like VAR. VAR. Yep. Yeah. Video reviews coming. Hold on. 
Hold, Hold on, on, guys. Wait, wait. <laughs> no, they actually called it a goal. Oh, my God. And uh, and at first I thought he stole Alessandrini's goal because I felt like that was going in. But then when I watched it again, I was like, oh, no. He redirected it to a point where it was yeah. uh, it was going in. But that was, was the goal that I, Giassi needed. I felt the same needed. way, too, when I No, he, he redirected it. It would have it hit the post had he not touched it. Yeah, I um, but that was the one he needed. I mean, you know, we talked about, like, dude, just stand in front of the goal. We'll hit it one off of you. <laughs> you know, just stand there yeah. like so the Sandlot. In this game... <laughs> um, I'm not sure if it was just the birthday thing where he was just yeah, like it was extra motivated. Well, here's uh, I don't know if you're going to talk about this, but the Riot Squad named him Man of the Match. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were, were, were pretty upset about that. I, I personally don't really care. I, I think that maybe from a psychological point of view, it's probably best that you did that's, that. That's exactly why they did that. Yeah. And so um, we need this guy to continue doing this. And maybe this is the one that opens the, you know, the, the door and, and boosts his confidence up. He gets that monkey off his back and anvil uh, off his back. The, the, Eight, that 800 pound gorilla off his back. Yes. More, more like it. So um, Siggy holding got an the, elephant, holding an elephant, right on top of an anvil. <laughs> um, Siggy gets his That's monkey, heavy. get the monkey off his back with the, with the wind. So a lot of good oh, things are going. Was so the, was the are... monkey on Jossie's back? Was it Siggy? <laughs> no. Okay. No, no, no. Um, Siggy's heavy too. <laughs> <laughs> that's, Thank that, you, Bobby. that's the joke. <laughs> what would we do without you, Bobby? That's some great A contributing. <laughs> So, um, you know, if we're the, the funny thing is, is like uh, I, I laughed about it in my head, obviously going uh, going back at this. A lot of people were trying to explain, like you said, they were confused. We had no idea how to react to this it had been so long and all the things that could have went right did go right. We're normally, yeah, bar oh, offside, oh, you know, like post, whatever it is. And everything just seemed to be uh, going right in this game. MLS just gave us a day off. Right, exactly. <laughs> we were we, we were momentarily yep, in bizarro the, world uh, for like two hours. We and, crashed a Ferrari too. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, and people were trying to explain the uh, phenomenon that happened at the at StubHub Center and. David said, well, I wore a different jersey for the first time this season. And, you know, my bad for <laughs> yeah, the that's, season, guys. That's my bad, guys. Yeah, so he wears a different jersey, and, uh, and we win a game. I, I heard, I saw someone else on Twitter say this is the first time they, they didn't wear a Galaxy jersey to the game, and they won a game. Well, let's, but let's not, let's not uh, you know, we, we know the real reason why the Galaxy won, though, right? Teletubby power. That's right. <laughs> Thank you to Mark Villa. You got to wear you got to wear the Teletubby outfit to every single game now. Yeah, we had Teletubby power. We had all kinds of like superstitious junk going on at to explain how we won this game and we'll take it. And the funny thing is after the game, I said to myself, you know, if we're taking this the last 9 games or now 8 games as preseason for next year. 2018 is looking good, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's it's one game. It's I one still game. didn't even go there yet. <laughs> it's one game. And, and, it is and hold one on. Game. I'm going to hate to burst your bubble in a, in a few minutes. But hold on. Oh, no, I no, did no, want to no. say this I'm about being Giassi. Sarcastic. <laughs> I did want to say this about Giassi uh, before we, we moved on. Um, people were certainly confused. Everybody's like, look, the guy needs it. It's, it's to build his confidence. But when I went back and looked at the highlights, um, Giassi kind of was the man of the match. 
he uh, he assisted on the second goal on Boateng's goal. He he uh, he mm-hmm. drew the penalty and he scored really the nice goal. Pass. Yeah, he was involved yep. in all three goals. And um, I was going to yep. say that before we kind of went off a little bit was that in this game, he kind of did. Like I said, I- I'm not sure if it was just his birthday motivation or what, but there was this sense of the Jossie's artists that hustled and try to create something, even if it wasn't really, you know, uh, just, going through I just him. Think most players had. I just think most players had room to move because we did have two missing players. And, well, uh, um, I think the, Los, yeah. Dos the, the uh, Dos Bros, the Dos Bros were gone. Yeah, that, oh, that I, was another I, reason. Uh, the Dos Santos brothers not there, yes. so we had to win the game. That was another reason as to why uh, we won the game. Um, as far as uh, Zardes' play, I, I've heard that he wasn't the lone striker. He actually had some help. It was uh, Bradford Jameson. Who had a good game. Who had yeah. a pretty good game. Uh, yeah, I like the way uh, yeah. he played in the game. I, I, I like the way he's played this season. Um, yeah, I, do. I like yeah, I think if uh, I think he stays next season. But again, you got to expect a little bit more next season. I think what he did this this season was commendable. And I like his game. He's got to step, step it up yet another level uh, for next season. But... I think that he had a partner up there, which took some pressure off. And we we're saying, you know, many people have said that he's not a striker. He's not a lone striker. He's going to need some help. He's a poacher. Oh, no. Someone else has to create for him or someone else has to create the space in which yeah. he can move yeah. into. Um, and I think uh, that was the case here. I think that, uh, you know, that, that certainly uh, helped his game out. Um I do want to make a comment about the penalty kick. I don't know what the hell that goalie was thinking. I, I, yeah, I that just, was a terrible. I mean, just compl- I mean, it's an oh, obvious yeah. penalty. I mean, the guy just lost his mind. I mean, let Zardes go. He's not getting to that ball no. at all. No, I don't know how. I don't know how he thought he would get away with that. Um, I don't even think. I he, think he reacted the and then realized Jossie was right there, and he could, like because he kind of like pulled his arm back, like hi. Yeah, I, I think I, 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 I think to he me, to me I saw he looked he saw Giassi in his peripheral and he got up and he just went in front of him. I think he, he tried to block him doing. until he realized, uh oh, wait a minute, like this is not gonna work. Like not from the <laughs> position I'm in, and you know, he drew the penalty. That's uh, not good. I'm not happy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's not good. Oh. Um, but you know, I, I think that uh, he he had a good game. I hope this uh boosts his confidence even more. Um the galaxy I guess the Galaxy, I really hope that they play Colorado more often the way DC United hopes they play Atlanta <laughs> more often uh, because it seems oh, like this is a whole uh, different ballgame. Yeah, th- th- this is uh, the, the team that, um, that they can't beat. Um, going into next week, you go from the last place team in the league in, to the first place team in the Western Conference yeah. on the road. It's a completely different beast. Um, I don't expect too many people to be high on this game where, you know, we've turned things around. Uh, I think many people already have gave up on the no. season. And again, you're taking this as, you know, build for next season. Um, it would be bittersweet, I guess, if they, they were to pull off that miraculous victory. Uh, but um, again, I think it's a little too little too late, though not mathematically eliminated. Um, they're all but dead in the water now. Um, but yeah, it, it, you have Seattle and then you have Toronto following that. So whatever little momentum no, everything is just, it's a up, up yeah, wh- whatever little momentum sure. that you think you had, and who's it's be- probably going to stop. <laughs> then again, yeah. this is MLS guys. This is MLS. And you, you just never know the galaxy can go on this, 
miraculous run and make the playoffs all the way to Oh, we're, we're not going to make the playoffs. Oh, okay. Um, I thought we were going there. No, no, no. I'm oh, okay. just saying anything can happen in MLS, even though we are facing two of the top teams in the league coming up in the next few, uh, or three of the top teams in the league coming up in the next few weeks. Um, you know, maybe we'll squeak a win out somewhere. Yeah. And Zardes might yeah. score and another Zardes goal. Zardes might have a hat trick. <laughs> uh, as long as no. Gio and Jonah <laughs> don't see the field, then maybe it might happen. You never know. <laughs> um, we uh, Guys, we have a new defender, uh, Michael Ciani, uh, mm-hmm. 33-year-old uh, French center back. Uh, finally, officially announced, uh, I think, uh, what? Monday? I think Sunday? it was last, yeah, last week. Monday. Last week. Uh, and and uh, I believe he practiced with the team today on Tuesday. So um, hopefully he gets uh, some minutes. I did look into his past a little bit. It looks like he's coming off of a uh, an ankle injury that involves ligaments. Everybody hold your breath. I'll wait for you. Um, so, you know, take that for, for what you will. I guess uh, Pete Vianis just has a uh, alert for like uh, players coming back from no, ligament pre- damage. Yeah, I mean it's a prerequisite. Uh, I think right. It almost seems like that. Like, have you been yeah. injured? Yeah. <laughs> What'd you career? injure? Then come on in. Yeah, come on in. Yeah, come on qualify in. for the galaxy. Um, yeah, <laughs> we uh, got a contract for you. You got a 33 year old who who played in the uh, the French league first division, and he was a free agent for Lorient. Lorient. And he was a free agent. That means they didn't resign him. Nobody else wanted him. But the Galaxy did. So mm. take that as you will. I mean, that doesn't really mean anything. But if you no. want to look into that and say, well, if nobody else wanted him but we did, I mean, again, you take that however you want to take it. I will reserve the judgment until I see him on the field. Maybe we strike gold again the way Who's we did. Who's our damn scouts? Right? <laughs> uh, he's uh, That's uh, Jovan Karowski. He does all his scouting by uh, commentating uh, during BN Sports and uh, Bundesliga matches. <laughs> um, all right, well, let's move on, guys, uh, because we have uh, about three minutes left in the podcast, and we have four games to cover, three games to cover. In You're not going to make recap. it. Crap. You're not going to make it. Stop. Don't doubt me, Bobby. <laughs> it all almost right, seems like every single week we get it down to like a game a minute. Go. <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's by design, guys. It is. Uh, all right. Here we go. Uh, MLS recap week 26. This is a short one. We already talked about LA, Colorado. Let's talk about the rest of the games in the MLS week. Uh, Montreal versus Chicago. Montreal coming off of a loss against Toronto, having snapped their four-game win streak. And this game was no different for Montreal. Chicago returns to their winning ways. Uh, this game was super scrappy. Mancusu had a few chances in the first half. Uh, Boldor will see red after a foul on Schweinsteiger uh, with the help of VAR. And in the 59th minute, Bastian Schweinsteiger finishes across from Polster uh, nearly at the penalty spot. Uh, this is the game's long goal, and uh, like I said, Chicago's back to the winning ways. Let's see how long it lasts. They go back into uh, third place in the Eastern Conference. Um, they have uh, a game up on their uh, their next um, opponent. Uh, not their next opponent, but the one right behind them, Columbus. So um, hopefully Chicago can uh, regain that form that they had uh, up until two months ago. Yep. 
Uh, next up is New England versus Orlando. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Uh, <laughs> I'll say this about Orlando, guys. They're consistent. Sweet. Uh, Kaka looking as disinterested as ever. Uh, the team can't seem to be putting anything together. Uh, 26 minute, Kai Kamara puts away the first goal for the Revs. Uh, Cody Cropper comes up with a big save on Dom Dwyer. Uh, in the 43rd minute, Teal Bumbery holds the ball up, frees Nguyen up on the left, and he slots at far post to make it 2-0. But wait! VAR is enacted, and the goal is offside. <laughs> um, the Revs uh, have not, you know, they get they, they end up getting their goal again. Aha sees red in the 80th minute. Kai Kamara will add a goal in the 89th, and the, in the 92nd minute, Teal Bumbery will finish Orlando City off 4-0. Uh, oof. boy, oh boy, your dark horse is just a it's dead horse. So dark, yeah, it's dead yeah. now. Uh, next up, it's so dark. Last but not least <laughs> is Dallas versus New York Red Bulls, the Battle of the Bulls. Uh, Dallas has plenty of chances early on, but no finishing. Uh, Dallas's Hayes will see a second yellow card in the 37th minute and be sent off, and it's the Red Bulls who strike first with a quick transition counter. Bradley Wright Phillips gives a nice little heel flick to uh, Sasha Kleschen, cuts it to the outside. He beats his defender and beats Jesse Gonzalez to the top corner uh, for 1-0. In the 54th minute, Dallas will equalize through Grana. In the 57th minute, New York will pull ahead again on a perfect free kick from Sasha Kleschen to Long to head it into the back of the net. Uh, Dallas is not done yet, though. 74th minute, long ball to Barrios in what looked like a handball to me. Uh, he gets taken down in Dallas, earn a penalty. Mauro Diaz will convert. Uh, Robles comes up with a couple of huge saves and a last-minute scramble. Uh, ball goes off the crossbar, and a 10-man Dallas shows some fight. And uh, it's uh, it's been seven games since Dallas's last win. Yeah, I'm not even sure how to spin this game. Uh, do I commend <laughs> Do I commend Dallas for um, being able to salvage a point, being a man down, or do I rip apart New York, unable to hold it's a lead uh, against a ten man Dallas who has not won in seven games? I'm not sure how it's to spin both. that. <laughs> it's <laughs> you're right. It's probably both. No, it's what I saw on the field. Yeah, it is that's, both. <laughs> Not probably. Uh, that's it, it for MLS Recap, guys. <laughs> that was quick. That was very quick. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. This is LA is a House, episode 85. Make sure you listen to Balls and Beers and our penalty shows throughout the week. This is me, Bobby, saying goodbye. And here's David and Lewis. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. Later. Thank you for listening to LA is our House. Follow us on our website, laisourhouse.com, and sign up for our monthly newsletter for upcoming articles and special content. Follow us on our Twitter for all of the up-to-date news in our soccer world. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Hit that subscribe button, and we'll see you in the next episode.